Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Dawn and Dana. They are two black women sharing their musings on life, MS, and everything in between. They actually have their own podcast, which I'm going to link up in the show notes. And I'm about to butcher this word, but we're going to try. <laughs> although, <laughs> although they live with multiple sclerosis, sclerosis, sclerosis. Yes. I told them, I'm like, I tried, I was listening and I was trying You're good. To, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but we're just going to go with it. Um, and um, that's a huge part of their lives, uh, but they are more than a disease. And I highly suggest, even if anybody isn't, uh, doesn't have MS or know somebody who has MS, just check out their podcast. I learned some really awesome things listening. Um, actually, the one that you've been doing a series about intimacy, and I was just <laughs> like, that, it was so fascinating. And I was like, I would not um, have even thought of half the things that the doctor that you guys were talking to would have said. I was like, that's great. Right. Um, so thank you ladies for saying you're going to come on today. Thanks thank for you. having us. They were yes. just kind of thrown under the bus in a way because I put out a, a call for people to come on and talk about marginalization and discrimination and uh, somebody tagged them. <laughs> And I was just like, they're probably like, who is this lady <laughs> putting out this call? Um, so I'd love for you guys, you, you've experienced marginalization and discrimination in multiple ways, uh, not just because of the color of your skin, but because of your disability as well. And I think uh, disability is something people completely overlook. And I'd, I'd love for you guys to share you know, a little bit about the things that you've experienced. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Dana, do you want to get started? Or you want me to start? You can go. You can get started. Okay. Um, I was diagnosed in 2000 with MS. Um, initially, when I was diagnosed, I was kind of thrown into this, you know, like multiple sclerosis world, and I didn't see anyone that looked like me. I didn't see anyone that had the same experiences. Well, I mean experiences dealing with a chronic illness yes however there are many things that there are a lot of intricate details that people just don't understand um when you are a person black when you're a black woman um for example being believed when you go to the hospital i went initially to the hospital with all kinds of numbness and tingling and just really funky symptoms and i didn't know what was going on and i was told by the doctor oh well, you have the flu. And I'm like, well, I've had a cold. I've had the flu before. This doesn't feel like that. And after maybe three different visits to various doctors, everyone just like kind of pushed me aside and they were like, no, you'll be fine. Take this and you'll be fine. Take some ibuprofen for your aches and pains and your numbness and tingling is probably due to stress. So I chalked it up to, to that and I didn't really think anything of it. I let a year go by and the symptoms did persist, um, but they, they, they died down, but then they persisted. And then finally one day I was walking, I lived in, in Washington, DC, and I was walking to the subway and I was going to work and I came up from the subway 
And I was like, oh my gosh, my right leg won't catch up with my left leg. This is not normal. This is not stress. This is not the flu. Especially a year later, this is very bizarre. So I made an appointment to see my doctor. And she said, oh, well, maybe you have rheumatoid arthritis. And I'm like, what? Huh? You know, it just, I don't know. The pieces of the puzzle just didn't add up. So I say all of that to say, Yes, I have experienced, uh, that was my initial experience. I've experienced some sort of, um, I guess, ignoring or being pushed to the side. And I, at first I didn't know why or what it was about. I was like, well, maybe they think because I'm young. But looking back and dealing with all of the things that I've dealt with over the past 20 years of this diagnosis, I see it as some sort of health disparity here. You know what I mean? Like being marginalized, like, oh, they don't listen to black women. They don't. And I've had other white friends and counterparts immediately. Oh, let's get an MRI. Let's do blood work. It was like within weeks they had a diagnosis and it took me a year. Uh, and that was my first experience with, with being marginalized and in some sort of category and yes. recognizing I was living a different life. Absolutely. I think that just piggybacking off of what Dawn was saying, I think that ableism is something that ableism, I argue, is like the last acceptable form of discrimination. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, people don't think about it. Um, an able body, we call them, um, for people who listen to the podcast, we call people who are able bodied temps. And that was uh, formed by uh, or coined by one of our guest co-hosts, so temporarily able-bodied. Because the reality is, if you live long enough, at any point in time, you could become disabled. Mm-hmm. And so temps is kind of a thing. But anyway, I think that while it's the most acceptable form of discrimination, it is the most, um, it's the one of the most applicable to everybody because anyone i don't care who you are how old you are how much money you have you could become disabled at any moment Mm -hmm. so um anyway that was a little bit of a tangent so that being said i think that a lot of times so when i was first i've had ms for 16 years and when i was first diagnosed i was very asymptomatic for many years um but over the last couple of years my spasticity and mobility has become, excuse me, has become really kind of wonky and bad. So I'm using a wheelchair and it is, it's been an adventure uh, existing in a world that does not make space for people who are not able-bodied. Um, just the lack of access stairs and ramps and things like that. It's really, um, it's unbelievable. And it's not something, and again, I've had MS for 16 years, but until I needed accommodations and accessibility, these are not things that I thought about. So I think it's something that can very easily, if, you know, it's not applicable to you, you don't think about it. Um, so yeah. Kind of a roundabout way of answering your question. Yeah, yeah. I hope I answered the question because I did immediately. To, yeah, because we deal with these two different, they're different issues, but it's kind of like all clumped into one. Yeah, yeah, yep. Right. We hear a lot about white privilege, but we don't really 
look at being able body as a privilege, but it is. And I think a lot of people miss how many privileges are out there. Um, I'm in a group and they said, what are your privileges? And some, some people didn't really realize so many things could be a privilege, you know? Um, for me, white privilege, heterosexual privilege, because I'm mm -hmm. in a heterosexual marriage, cisgendered mm -hmm. privilege, able-bodied privilege, um, college-educated privilege. Those are things mm -hmm. that help me um, not be discriminated upon because of those things. You know, um, right. I'm not going to be accused <laughs> of not having knowledge about something because I, I do have a, co I have a college degree. I, I have those things. And I think people don't realize, um, I, I explain it this way is, you know, when you have a privilege, it's not, doesn't mean you have not struggled. It means those things are not the reason you struggle. I mean, right, right now it's, it's pride month and we have a lot going on. We have mm -hmm. uh, black lives matter. We have the protests against racism and police brutality. We also have pride month and LGBTQ community is under attack mm -hmm. for things like that. And I don't, you know, people don't realize, well, I, those things are not impacting me directly because of my privilege. And I think a lot of people overlook that. Like you said, Dana is I go to a restaurant. I'm not wondering if, if they can accommodate me because that's not ever been an issue for me. And right. I, you know, people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. Or even little things like, um, railings, so, you know, if your balance is off, if you're ambulatory, you know, little things like that, um, I think that people take for granted. And until you need them, you don't really realize that this is a thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also kind of um, piggybacking off of what you were saying, Megan, I think that especially when it comes to, you know, we're black women. So we're already facing discrimination and marginalization based on race, but also gender and sex as well. Mm -hmm. um, so many times, you know, I think it's very easy to be aware of ways that um, our stories are kind of silenced because we're women and mm -hmm. black women and then put disability, whether it's uh, visible or not on top of that, it's a really um, tricky layered issue. Okay. And it's not something that we, that I think I won't say we, but that most people talk about on um, the intersectionality of everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say intersectionality, mm -hmm. you know, and I think a lot of people aren't familiar with that world, yeah. word, but it's when multiple things are working against you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, women, we don't have male privilege. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not taken as seriously as, you know, males are. Mm -hmm. I've seen it myself in my marriage where people kind of are more interested in my husband and talking right. to him and will kind of dismiss me. And right. he will, he's really good at being like, well, my, my wife, she's, she's got a podcast and she does this and whatever. Right. And they will just change the subject back to him. Like right. I don't yep. exist. Right. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Or going back to what Dana was saying and what you were saying at first, Megan, like if you go to a restaurant and you're in a party of six, let's say, and mm -hmm. you just so happen to have been the person to make the reservations and you go up to the front and your walker, your cane, using your wheelchair, what have you. And you're like, okay, my party is here. And then they look at someone else in your right. party and they don't address you. And it's like, well, I made the reservations. Like 
can you right. accommodate us? You know what I mean? So I, I can understand what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it happens so frequently and people just don't recognize that. Yep. It's insidious. It just happens and people don't even realize it. It's mm -hmm. dangerous. It is very dangerous. And I've, I've been saying this a lot on social media is our systems, uh, our systems are flawed and they work mm -hmm. against, you know, people, you know, in many ways, you know, mm -hmm. these, these should be things that we, we don't have to worry about, right? You shouldn't have to, we shouldn't have to be worried about as women that we're not going to be taken as seriously or yep. that we're going to be discriminated against. You, you right. guys should not have to worry about as black women that you're going to be discriminated against because of the color of your skin or that when you go someplace with, you know, and you have a disability that they're going to discriminate against you because you're not able-bodied. Those are things that we shouldn't have to worry about, but our systems they're not set up for that. They're set up. And I, I've been saying this and I've been really pissing people off. <laughs> I was like, unless you are a heterosexual cisgender white male, the mm -hmm. system able body to, will, uh, you know, you have to add that the systems are not set up for you. Like nope. the systems are set up to, for those people that, you know, and I, I think people just don't see it because if you're not directly impacted um, by the systems, if the systems, you don't realize the systems are working against you or they never have in the yep. case of, you know, uh, a white heterosexual cisgendered able-bodied male, you won't take it seriously. You'll just be like, mm -hmm. oh, this is not an issue because I've never experienced it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think what is like, what I know Dana and I've been discussing lately the biggest issue that we're having is representation, like being mm -hmm. seen, mm -hmm. being heard and being ignored as well. That is like, it gets under my skin and it's just like, how is this even possible? How do you ignore a human being with a voice and, mm -hmm. and valid things to say and contribute to society? Um, and, you know, we, we consistently put out pretty, pretty decent information on our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and we tag these various organizations. We we talk about all different types of things. We are, we aren't we are more than just MS, like you know we were saying. Um, but to have like to be overlooked and purposely overlooked because we know that you hear us, we know that you you see us, and we know that you realize we're out there. But to constantly be ignored is what I think drives us nuts. And we have Absolutely. to be represented. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I was, I was saying this as well. I've been very outspoken on social media. I am pretty sure I'm on the list of uh, what pisses white people off right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a I good list care. to be on. Yeah. I feel like as a, um, as a white woman, I should be speaking out mm -hmm. uh, because that is, you know, I got to use my privilege for some, some good. And, right. um, I've been pissing people off because I said, you know, our laws in the United States are being created predominantly by white, heterosexual, cisgendered males, mm -hmm. able-bodied males. And we need to change that. We need more diversity. We need to look at our lawmakers and see ourselves. Yep. Yes. You know? And we don't see that. Uh, and we haven't seen that. And until we see that, the laws are never going to to, to help us out. Like they're always going to be for those people. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I'm happy to see more trans uh, 
individuals running for Congress and winning and different state and, and local offices, like that makes me really happy because that means that if you have some sort of issue on the ballot, some, some policy that affects this particular group that's they're marginalized as well, that things can change, things can mm-hmm. happen, you know, and then take it even further up the ladder. And, and we're going to see some sort of change because they are refle- a reflection of who we are now. Like our society mm-hmm. isn't just white male. It just isn't white male yeah. heterosexual. It's just not anymore. And I think people need to recognize that. Yeah. And, and just accept it. Like the world is changing. Yep. We have so many, I don't know, brown little babies running around. They're racially <laughs> ambiguous people. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know if that's politically correct or not, but the world just isn't all white anymore, you know, mm-hmm. or our society here in the United States. That's not. And really, we have, and when I say we, I mean, all of us have a responsibility, I feel, to interrupt these systems, Yes, mm-hmm. you know, and not just keep going, you know, status quo, to really intentionally uh, shake things up, interrupt it. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got to, that's how things change, in and my to opinion. Make- and to make people uncomfortable with that, because yes. that's the only way that things will change. It's like, we, I'm, I'm sorry it hurts. I'm sorry that reality is setting in, but it's time. It's well overdue at this point. Absolutely. And if you're uncomfortable, I'm sorry. You got to gotta roll with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I was like, as a woman with a platform, you know, I've been doing this podcast for over three years now you know, and I have a decent sized audience. Mm -hmm. It is my job to bring to light these things that are going on. I'm not going to let, you know, I, I, I'm very aware that as a white woman, I have a predominantly white uh, following and I'm not going to let them stick their head in the sand and be like, right. Exactly. I don't hear you. Right. I'm going to be in your face. And if you, and if you unfollow me because of that, that's fine. Um, I've had to unfriend at least 20 people uh, Mm -hmm. since the protests have started for me. Blatant racism is not acceptable and blatant racists aren't going to change right now. Like they're Mm -hmm. just not. Um, I've kept a lot of people that are towing that line and I end up kicking them off my Facebook or social media Mm -hmm. when I speak up with a differing perspective and they attack me or they call me names and then they don't want to listen or they completely ignore me at that point in time. I feel like if you can't have an adult conversation with me about our differing of opinions, you got to go. Cause I'm not right. going to, I'm not going to mm-hmm. expend my energy and allow that into my space. I want to no. have conversations with people so we can actually find, you know, solutions. Absolutely. I was going to ask you, how does it feel you having an open mind and, and understanding you, you get it. How mm. does it feel when people don't get it? Like your, uh, can I say it? Your people, when, when yes, other white people, you your people. <laughs> okay. When, when they come at you in that way, like, what does it feel like being an ally to other um, marginalized groups and getting the pushback? from from others that are not it's difficult and i'm i'm try- and i get it for all things like not just for being white but being an ally for the lgbtq mm-hmm. plus community as well mm-hmm. because um i was brought up and i and i've said this before in what i call the great white north and i don't call it the great north mm-hmm. because it's awesome i call right. it that because it's expansive 
right. uh, the, the county I'm from in uh, northern New York is the biggest county in all of New York. Um, but not population-wise. It is very sparse. There's more cows than people. And mm -hmm. the, um, the, the thought process up there is very backwards. I grew up in a household where my parents would say they're not racist, but they had certain words that they would say uh -huh. and certain stories they would tell um, about, you know, when I was a little kid and things. Um, uh, the first time I saw a Black person and what I called them because my dad had taught me what to call them. And um, they would make jokes all the time mm -hmm. that were inappropriate. And I see that now as an adult. And if I had stayed up there, I don't know if I would be as open-minded as I am. I would hope I would be. Mm -hmm. um, my sister's still up there and she's come around, but she said part of that is because I am so right. excited. She's got to come right. around. And um, I moved to Virginia with my husband and we had black neighbors. And I was just like, is this a safe neighborhood? And my husband's like, why? Like, why would you ask that? Right. And, and I was just like, well, there's a lot of black people. And he was like, what? Megan, you know, that's racist, right? And I was like, no, I'm not racist. And he was uh -huh. like, um, yeah, you are. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And so living in Virginia, as long as I did, um, I slowly opened my mind and started educating myself on the things and listening and listening to people around me with different experiences. Mm -hmm. And that's what started it. And I also have a transgender cousin. So before my cousin came out as transgender, I was not as open-minded about that community. Mm -hmm. But again, listened, opened my mind, educating myself. So it's difficult because I can see my old self in these people and I know uh -huh. where they're at. But the fact right. that they won't listen and they attack me and call me names like sheep and libtard. Right. Snowflake and snowflake. And I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? You've known me like some of these people I've known my entire life and mm -hmm. you're going to resort to name calling and attacking me. You're not going to listen to a differing perspective because you are so hell bent on the fact that you think this is not an issue, mm -hmm. like because you've never experienced it. Or you think yeah. that reverse racism is a thing? Or right, right. It's, it's baffling to me. Like, it is. It, it's, it's baffling and it, it's hurtful. And, but I feel like, and I've been tired. I've been worn out. But I've said this to my sister. You guys can't hide your skin color. You can't be like, mm -hmm. I'm worn out. I'm not, I'm going to take a break. I'm time out. Mm -hmm. I'm not experiencing <laughs> this anymore. So I'm not, I don't believe I should take a break either. Because I'm going to keep speaking out. And if I get attacked, I get attacked. I don't care. I'm done. And I am I'm not going to shut up. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, hearing you talk, Megan, I don't know for me what's worse. The people who, you know, spew out this racist bullshit or the people who are silent. And I honestly think the people who can just go about their daily lives. Oh, I tried this new recipe or whatever. Um, that to me is more dangerous than these yes. people who are show like these idiots. You're showing me who you are and yes. I know how to deal with you, but these, Oh, you know, silent people. I absolutely think that that is the most, that's the worst mm -hmm. for me personally. You can't be silent. That is just as bad as, you know, being an yes. idiot. Yeah. Yes. Put it and, and then add in there too. The people who want to compare. Well, 
I've been discriminated against too. And I've had these issues too. And you can't, you can't, they try to tell you how to feel. How, they, they try to tell you your pain isn't as real as theirs. It's not mm-hmm. as impactful. And it's like, well, I've, I've dealt with this and I've done that. And how can you say that? We recently had a woman come on our, our uh, Facebook page. <laughs> Dana got oh, yeah. really fired up. <laughs> we were, again, we are more than just MS, but when we talk about our MS, we do talk about our experiences. And a lot of those experiences exactly include us being black women. And so this particular uh, woman, she said, oh, I'm so happy that that I found you. I binged on all of your episodes thus far. And and now all of a sudden, I've come to whatever episode that she had, Mm -hmm. you know, gone to. And she said, and I just don't get it. Everything was is talking about being black. What was it? Oh, she she said she grew. She's growing frustrated. Yes, at the fact that we blame being black on blah 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 blah. And it's like, really, lady, you have the nerve to come into our space and say you're frustrated with us telling our stories. And the reality is that this is how a lot of white people think. You know, and it's that they somehow have a right to um, kind of shape the narrative. And it's like, uh uh-uh, it does not work like that. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 So that was, that was really frustrating because not only are we dealing with being ignored and, and not represented, we're dealing with somebody telling you how to feel your pain, how to express your emotion, how to tell your narrative. And they always want to switch it. And yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. We call that white tears. <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. White tears, white fragility, fragility. is yep. the worst. Fragility. Yes. Yeah. That's it's a good so book, exhausting. by the way. Yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Robin D'Angelo, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, great. it's, it's absolutely exhausting. And, um, you know, there's nothing worse than, um, you know, a very nice white person, you know, well-meaning, well-intentioned, asking you, well, how are you doing? It's like, are you serious? How do you think I'm doing? You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. are you even supposed to respond to that? Um, yeah, these are tough times. My Can sister- I share? Oh, go oh, ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go. I wanted to share something with you all because it's been heavy on my mind for like a week now. And I, I don't know how to handle it and I don't know how to address it at all mm-hmm. to, to my friend. So I have a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm from upstate New York as well. And uh, we went to high school together, went to an all girls Catholic high school. And I absolutely adore her. She is just, she's a wonderful person. Uh, I would never ca- categorize her or anybody in her family as as racist just from what I've known for 30 years or what have you and so um she married someone who is so republican like so just like no liberals allowed in my house that kind of thing I'm like how did you guys meet because you are total opposite (laughs) but anyway she accepts him for who for who he is Mm -hmm. and he accepts her and he's a hunter um, I'm also a vegan, so that's the whole nother issue or whatever, but <laughs> I, I respect if that's what he wants to do. I'm never going to like talk bad about anybody. So that's what you want right. to do. So he's a hunter. He has plenty of guns. 
Um, he has the conceal and carry permit, et cetera, et cetera. So as we all know, George Floyd's, Floyd's death happened recently and mm -hmm. probably right, maybe like two or three days right around after he was killed, um, my friend was like, oh, I'm taking a class on gun safety. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good idea. You do live with someone who is uh, a gun-toting NRA member and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I think that's a good idea that you have so many guns in your home. So uh, she said, yeah, and I'm going to take a class on shooting. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm sorry. My you should know how to handle your guns. Right, you exactly. Them. Yeah. So to make a long story short, she sent me a picture. Uh, she said, look, my husband gave me an early birthday gift. And it was a of this like gun this i don't know what kind of gun it was i because i'm not into guns i don't know and so it was like so triggering for me mm -hmm. i i was like taken aback at like i gasped when i looked at the picture that she sent and i'm like okay and i didn't say anything and i was like well that was really nice of him to think of you early for your birthday and that's right. all i said Fuck so that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I know. No, I know. it's explicit podcast. Say all the <laughs> you want. Dana teases me because she says I'm everybody does like because I'm the Zen and she's like the fire. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, maybe like two days later, she's like, "Are you okay?" Because I didn't didn't call, didn't text, nothing. And I was like, "No, I'm not." And I was like, "Your picture was so triggering." And I I said, "With everything that's happening and seeing the repeated news cycle with George Floyd and all these different." killing it like Armand Arbery like that is you don't understand what how my core is shaken my spirit is is broken from this mm -hmm. and uh she didn't understand I don't she didn't say anything insensitive she just said okay and then like a day later she's like I just want you to know I'm your sister and I'm so sorry and she apologized profusely and I said I, I can't talk to you right now yeah. <laughs> so no. I guess that's my question is like, how do you handle something like that? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you being honest with her is, is definitely it. I mean, I'll be honest. We have a gun. Um, I don't even know what it's locked up. I don't even know where the damn key is. So that's how right. often we use it. Yeah. Um, my, it was my husband. It is my husband. He got it before I came along. Cause he was actually, um, he was actually sta almost stabbed in a parking lot one time oh. and it caused fear in him. And so he went and um, for anybody listening, in case they're wondering, it was a white dude. So let's not, let's not get right, right. Let's um, say what it is. Like it was a white dude um. trying to stab another white dude. So, cause you know, people listening uh -huh. will be like, Oh, where are we going? Yep. With this? No. Yep. Um, so he was, he was scared. And so he's like, I'm going to get myself a gun to protect my home. Of course. And when I came along, I was brought up around hunting rifles and stuff. My my dad hunted. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar with, and I truly believe if you have a gun, you should be familiar with it and you should have training yeah, because absolutely. that's how, that's how things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll be honest, I am a gun owner, but, um, I feel like in that situation, one, why, why did she send you a picture of a gun? Like that to me is just, I just, I would never say <laughs> It's never weird. It is what weird. I would is. never send somebody a picture of a gun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah like, why? Yeah. yeah. But Did you, you think I'd be impressed with that or something? Right. Like, what? Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You yeah. being honest with her and just saying, hey, this, this really disturbs me. 
uh, and why? And you know, you got to question why. Why are you getting more guns? Like, what mm -hmm. is the reason behind this? Like, and maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe it's not a bad reason. But considering everything that's going on right now, it's hard to not wonder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Draw those conclusions. On right. I mean, I Absolutely. respect. I respect that everybody has a right to own a gun legally right. and and be responsible i you know i grew up around rifles my uncles my grandfather i i get it i understand but that was a different time i mean they also right. had the, the kkk burning crosses and shooting through their window when my mom was a child so they're doing that right it. now so and they're doing <laughs> it now right so i'm not opposed to it but it was just my point is it's it's kind of like she missed, she just totally missed it. And when you talk about privilege, like what we've been talking about, it was like, yeah, this is my privilege. I can just go and go to the gun store and buy a gun and then right. go to the class and like nothing is happening. And it's like, do you not recognize what's happening in the world? Do you not see this? And, and I, nobody's going to question that about her mm -hmm. because she's a white woman. Nobody's going to question the reason that she wants a gun or mm -hmm. you know that she's going to the range or she's getting these. Nobody's going to question that. Right. Absolutely. Right. But yeah, she needs to be uh, addressed because that was super tone deaf. I mean, you just don't do that. You just don't. And, you know, it's a disservice if this is somebody who you love and she's your friend. I'm not helping you by just acting like you didn't do anything wrong. No, this is, this is fucked up. Don't, uh-uh, no. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you all. Sorry for venting like that. Yeah, sorry, um, Megan. We've yeah. taken over your I know. podcast. <laughs> That's what this is about, ladies. Is <laughs> sharing stuff like that because it, it does point out, you know, how privileged that is. And yeah. the fact that it completely went over her head, why it would affect you. Like, right. you know, maybe it would have been better if she wanted to actually have a conversation, like, and, and be curious on, oh, why, you know, maybe right. I don't understand why it triggered you. Can, can we have a conversation about this? But in fact, to just reply, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. This is, this is a tough time for a lot of us. And a lot of us that are kind of in this struggle and, and fighting for equality and justice and black lives, you know, trying to get the whole point of that black lives do matter. I, it, this is a really emotional time. It's an overwhelming emotional time. And a mm -hmm. lot of people just need a break. I get it because I do quite often in the day. But that was, like you said, Dana, completely tone deaf. It, mm -hmm. it, and it should be addressed. So yeah, I just had, I'd been holding on to it and I hadn't said anything and I wanted to get, get your opinion from, from two lovely ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just feel like right now it's, it's so easy for white people to just pretend like this is not an issue or mm -hmm. to twist it, twist it and be like, oh, they're against the police and they want uh -huh. the police to die. And all they want to point to is all the police that have been hurt and, yep. but not sh shine a light on the fact that, you know, peaceful protesters are being harmed and killed. Yes. Like, absolutely, I, it is so frustrating to me that people just want to highlight one side. And I've told people, I was like, I, I know law enforcement officers. I want to believe they're really good people. 
But mm -hmm. when law enforcement officers turn a blind eye to the police brutality going on yep. and don't say anything, I don't have respect for you anymore. Nope. You need to be speaking up. Show us. Don't just tell us you're a good police officer. Show us. What are you doing? Absolutely. What yes. are you doing about this? Exactly. Too Absolutely. many are silent. They yes. are. And you're right, Megan. People, you know, they're, they're not dealing with the root of the issue. One of my biggest frustrations with all of this is people, oh, look at them looting, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with people. These are stores and it's property. And however, you know, you feel about it is what it is. But we're dealing with people's lives. Don't try to twist the issue. All of a sudden it becomes, you should, you know, becomes you should be protesting in different way. You should be peaceful and blah, blah, blah. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about people being murdered by the state. That's what the mm -hmm. issue is. But people, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the same people I know who have an issue with the, the looting and vandalism and violence also had an issue with Kaepernick kneeling. So like, please right. tell me, right. please Thank tell you. me white people. <laughs> yes. What do you want us to do? Right. How right. do you want this? Don't block the roads. Don't be too loud. Don't mm -hmm. kneel during the national anthem. Don't surround the White House. Don't like, right. what do you want people just to stand silently on the sidewalk with a sign that says, you know, please don't kill us. Right. Like, exactly. Yep. Change cannot happen if you stand silently by and just pretend like, oh, this is not a big deal. Now, I'm right. in no way, and I've said this before, condoning you know, looting, Absolutely. you know, vandalism, right. any of that. Yes. But can I understand why people would be so pissed off and frustrated that's, that that's exactly what they it. turn to? Absolutely. Yes. And that's let's be exactly honest, it. a lot of the times it's white supremacists coming in and starting shit um, because they want yes. to. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. But we don't oh, talk about that. No, we don't. let's not make the KKK a terrorist organization. No. Right. right. <laughs> Well, what happened recently over this past weekend in Atlanta, the young man that was uh, shot in the back mm -hmm. by two police officers or one police officer, mm -hmm. uh, they started a fire. Uh, it was a white woman. They have her on video. Um, she started the fire at Wendy's. And at first they were blaming it on Black Lives Matter uh, protesters, but they they have a long video and they, they have her on video of doing it. So hopefully that, that is being pushed out instead of, you know, Oh, these black people are burning down their own, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I think people yeah. were so upset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because who, who lives in that neighborhood? Black people who frequents right. that restaurant, black people who works there, black people. So it's like, now these people have nowhere to work. They don't have a job. You know, and granted, it's a fast food place, but a lot of people were going there to eat. So what do they have now? And it's sad. Very sad. It's sad what's going on. And so many, so many white people I know <laughs> are just, they try to devalue the protest by simply mm -hmm. pointing out the negative. And I pointed out, I live in Connecticut. We have had no issue with that shit like mm. none like we've had nothing but peaceful protests we've had we've had people you know um spray spray paint on right veteran statues but hey i'm all for that right like, right like take them down um but people only because the the media is not showing you that they are mm -hmm. in every state like 
so many protests that are doing so much. They're just simply focusing on the negative. But that's yep. what these people are saying. And I was like, but these are the same people that are like, don't judge police officers by a few bad seeds. You can't, you can't be both. Like you can't exactly. say, don't judge police officers by a few bad seeds, but Black Lives Matter and protests and all this stuff. No, mm -hmm. they're no good because, you know, there's bad things coming from it. No, we don't, we don't need, to, we can't. No, mm -hmm. stop. You can be both. <laughs> like Exactly. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Needless to say, I'm a little frustrated with white people right now. Um, I made I made a Facebook story of several of them. It was it was a continuation. The first one said white people are mad at, or no, I said white people are mad, and I'm like they're mad at NASCAR, they're mad at Netflix, they're mad, they're mad at right. Ben and Jerry, they're mad at Nickelodeon. Yes. <laughs> well, what? Yeah, yeah. It's like be mad, right? Be mad. That, they were mad at Nike. Fun. People Nike? were burning sneakers yep. after Kaepernick had the commercial. And I was like, why are you going to burn sneakers? Like, really? Come on. There's still going to be million, million dollar deals with all of these athletes. And there's still going to be a huge company in this country or worldwide, really. Globally, Nike yeah. is everywhere. So you burning your sneakers and saying, I'm never going to buy them again is not going to hurt their pockets. <laughs> no, not yeah. at all. Same with Ben and Jerry people and, and people, I think they're living under a rock because Ben and Jerry have always been social activists. They like, really have. have <laughs> this is nothing yeah. new. For, for all different reasons, like everything they, they are, I love them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I want people listening to understand is things I want to bring it back to um, something we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. and, and you guys were talking about like how tired you are and, and how much mm -hmm. it's taking out of you to, to have these conversations. That's what we call emotional labor. Like mm -hmm. white people need to stop asking black people, can you please educate me? Yes. There are so many things out there we can educate ourselves. There's podcasts, there's books, there's articles, mm -hmm. there's like follow people on social media. You'll see yes. it. Like, and I, and it, you know, I appreciate you ladies coming on and having conversations with me um, because I, I understand that it can be very exhausting. Yeah. Yes. You bring up a really good point in saying that, you know, there are more than enough resources out there for white people to educate themselves. But when you said, follow people, listen to black people, mm -hmm. open, widen your horizons. Um, so you, Megan, most of the people who listen to your podcast are probably white people. You're a white woman. People need to step out of their comfort zones. And I'm like kind of rolling my eyes when I say comfort zones. <laughs> listen to other people. You know what I'm saying? You have to be intentional with it because people tend to gravitate towards people who are similar to them, whether mm -hmm. it be, you know, age, race. Uh, gender, sex, sexual orientation, whatever. So it's a matter of being intentional with what you consume. And that is how you can educate yourself. Mm -hmm. um, be intentional with it. So anyway, yeah. we went all over the place. I'm sorry, Megan. We I like, don't apologize. Totally <laughs> I love this. This is <laughs> like, that's the point is I don't, I don't script my podcast because I want it yeah. to go wherever it goes. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can add one more piece yeah. as well, when, when you're educating yourselves, recognize that if you, if the question pops up in your head, well, why, 
well, why are they feeling this way or why this or why that? Understand that this is a generational, this, what we're experiencing is generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So the anger is not just brand new. It's not just, mm -hmm. oh my God, I saw George Floyd being killed or Ahmaud Arbery or Breonna Taylor. It's not just this one-time thing. This is like repeated incident after Over incident. 400 years. Yeah. 400 years. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Ooh. actually, they have proven that your cells carry tra trauma from your ancestors. Yes. Like that's literally been proven because the cells that made me were come from my grandmother, right? Like, mm. and the cells that made her come from her grandmother. It gets passed down yes. and it actually alters your genetics trauma. Yes. So you are inheriting trauma yes. from your ancestors. Yes. We actually exactly. talked about that with someone on Dr. Donald Grant on our, our early this earlier this year before COVID and everything. Uh, <laughs> we talked about this in one of our podcasts. I can't remember the name of or the number which episode it was. Fifty-three and fifty-four. I will look it up and I yeah. will definitely link that in the show notes so that it's, um, people yeah. can it's fascinating because the reality is that when you know looking at disparities in health. Um, when you think about intergenerational trauma, things like chronic illness, high blood pressure, MS even, you look at all of these things and all of that makes a difference when we're talking about all of the different comorbidities that mm -hmm. we see in the Black community and other marginalized groups. That makes right. a difference. Um, it's fascinating, really. Right. Which is what made Dana and I kind of chuckle to ourselves when people were saying, well, we don't understand why are you know more people more black people you know being affected by covid why this and why that and it's like um hello do you not realize that we have these comorbidities coming into the hospital first in the first place we've got hypertension we've got congestive congestive heart failure etc cetera, etc cetera, diabetes and so couple that with covid yeah you're gonna see some sort of and with major... shitty health care yeah exactly yeah yeah. Or no health care. Yeah. That's absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. And not right. being taken seriously. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's a full circle moment. Yeah. You know, right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So ladies, um, as we wrap up the podcast, because you know the time flies right by. Right, it sure does. I have appreciated this conversation so much. And I, I really hope people take away from it like something but hopefully a lot of things right uh because you both have experienced not only discrimination and marginalization because you're black but because also because of your ms and mm -hmm. we have to see how these layers can affect somebody that it's yes. not a lot of times it's not just one thing it can be multiple things and that really takes a hit like oh well i'm not just discriminated upon because of these one things now mm -hmm. i have multiple things working against me right yes so i would love for you both to share with us either one thing or a collection of things that you would like to leave the inspired women audience with don since you are the you know nice being <laughs> able to take a step back and not be mad and mean you i'll can be mad and mean That's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay so one thing to leave the audience with. Um, okay, so this is the Zen me talking. <laughs> Be gentle with yourself. If you don't know, research. 
don't don't beat yourself up don't allow you not knowing paralyze you and remain in this i would say white guilt like feeling guilty like no you didn't do anything you may not have gone out and shot someone or you may not have discriminated against someone but don't don't let that guilt of others take over exactly and don't be complicit yes. i might add because mm-hmm. That's where, you know, the guilt comes in. We've got to keep it going. We've got to keep moving. This shouldn't be just a hashtag moment. Black Lives Matter. You know, just saying that. Um, action. Yeah, Sorry, become Doc. involved. Yeah. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, don't be gentle with yourself. Become involved, you know, and speak out. Like Megan said, if you have friends, if you have family, which everyone does, that may say something that's disparaging to another uh, marginalized group, say something. It's mm-hmm. your right. Mm-hmm. It's your right to say something. And and like Dana said, silence is betrayal, period. It is. Don't be complicit. Absolutely. I love that. And as, yeah. Dana, did you want to add anything before um, we wrap up the podcast? I'll say, you know, and I've been, mentioned this earlier in the show, but representation matters. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you know, when we say representation, and Don and I had um, put out a bonus episode on podcast um, last week talking about representation, but rep- be careful not to tokenize people, not to have that one Black friend or that one Black person really broaden your horizons. So we use the examples, and, and sorry, I'm going way over the time limit, but- Oh, no, you're fine. Um, so, you know, when you look on the cover of a magazine and see a Black person, Usually that's going to be it. People, Mm -hmm. mainstream organizations, whatever they may be, tend to only have room for that one black person or thing. Representation is people of all, you know, backgrounds, stories, identities being represented all the time, all throughout. So just, you know, be careful not to tokenize people and really broaden your horizons. Um, that's how we learn. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, we really have to learn about other communities that mm-hmm. may not understand because we don't experience those things. You know, I think a lot of people, when they talk about people of color, they leave out Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, you you know who are the original people here right. that, you know, yep. experience discrimination and, and still do, let's uh-huh. be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That that was Native American. So I think, you know, people need to broaden their horizons to mm-hmm. all communities that are experiencing marginalization. We've talked about yes. the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the disabled community. There's so many different mm-hmm. communities that are being discriminated against. I'm thinking about people on welfare. I was on welfare when I was um, a young adult and I was mm-hmm. a single mom going to college and you know, mm-hmm. working a, a job and trying to take care of my child. And I yep. got discriminated against because I was on welfare. Mm-hmm. Like, right. that's you right. Know, there's mm-hmm. so many different communities and so many different ways people are being discriminated against. And, and like you guys said, we really need to educate ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, open our minds and, you know, try to understand what's yep. going on. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So ladies, I have so appreciated this conversation. I'm so happy we were connected. I link up all of the things in the show notes and hopefully people will check you out and connect with you. 
thank you so much for coming on today. Thank, thank you, you, Megan. We appreciate it. Yes, this was wonderful. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.